Shalom, body of Messiah. Mark Pulley here. <coughs> Excuse me. With Yahweh Yeshua Assembly in Fort Myers, Florida, bringing you another teaching from Yahweh's laws and commandments. As we are in, I believe it's the third day of the Feast of Sukkot, I just wanted to share with you uh, something that Yah showed me. Now, one of the things that I do, and I think I've shared this before, but with every feast day, as we are approaching uh, whatever the feast is, I begin to pray, Yahweh, how do you want me to honor you in keeping this feast day? And I begin to pray, and I pray this every day, Yahweh, order my steps, order our family's steps, order our congregation's steps in the way that it should go. Because you don't want to follow other people just because of tradition. You don't want to also just legalistically or through the intellect research and study and teach and focus in on every little detail through the intellect about whatever the specific feast is. Now, you should study the full detail of the feast on your own, but with each feast, and which includes the Sabbath, because the Sabbath in Leviticus 23 is the first feast mentioned, and it's a weekly feast that you should pray, Yah, how do you want me to honor you in this Sabbath day? How should I keep this Sabbath unto you? And I truly believe that with every feast, Yah has something specific to reveal to you or to give you a deeper understanding or to teach you that you've never seen or understood before something about that feast and that you would then Focus in on whatever that truth is about that feast and then go over all the scriptures that you can possibly go over concerning that feast and then begin to implement it in your spiritual walk and understanding. So on the Feast of Sukkot, which is what we're in right now, this year, 2023, I want to share with you the scripture, the truth that Yah has put in my heart and what I've been focusing in on during this feast. And I pray that it would help you. I pray that it would bless you. I pray that it would minister life to you. And first off, we'll start off 
in Genesis 3.8. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. And here it says that they heard Yahweh's voice walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So Adam and Eve, after they disobeyed Yahweh's laws and commandments, heard Yahweh's voice walking in the garden. And what Yahweh started in the garden, which is a life with man, dwelling with man. Notice that in the garden they had an intimate fellowship, a close relationship, so much so Adam recognized Yah's voice as he was walking in the garden. And so Yah physically was present in the garden with Adam and Eve. And that is paradise. And so we see from the very beginning what Yahweh started. Dwelling with man physically at the end of the age because sin entered and you know that plan for Yah to dwell with man got put on hold. Now we experience Yah's presence but it's it's not like him physically being there. Even though we know that he promised he would never leave us nor forsake us. Yahshua promised he would never leave us nor forsake us. So we have that promise. But we always don't sense his presence. We, always, we don't always see his presence. But there's coming a day when we will be restored back to Yah, and Yah will dwell with those that obey His laws and commandments and those that have accepted Messiah Yeshua as the atonement for their sin. Now something that we all need to just understand this and go over it all the time is that it's just not about receiving the Messiah for the atonement. Mm -hmm. But when you read in Revelation and in very other places, Yahshua said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So it's a combination of first, you accept and you receive Yahshua Messiah and the terms outlined in the bridal contract and that is to, you're going to accept to follow him and to obey his laws and commandments. And then, because you have accepted Messiah, Yahshua, and you begin to follow him and obey his laws and commandments, you are grafted into the tree. You are grafted into Israel. 
and you become part of his body and you become part of his of being his bride now Yahweh always from the very beginning his purpose was to dwell with man his purpose was was to have a close intimate relationship with man to fellowship with man to be with man to tabernacle with man so we see that in the very beginning that's Yahweh's intent that's Yahweh's purpose and when you go to Exodus chapter 25 verse 8 Exodus chapter 25 verse 8 he's talking about the tabernacle and he said I will dwell among them them who Israel so here Yahweh promises to dwell or to tabernacle among them so as you are celebrating the Feast of Sukkot, the Feast of Booths, Feast of Tabernacles, understand that Yahweh's plan, Yahweh's purpose for your life is for Him to tabernacle with you, to dwell with you. Now, we know in the physical sense He's not able to do that just yet. But he's here in spirit. I remember when my wife had COVID, we both had it in uh, the fall of 2020, that she, lit, you know, she literally felt someone sit on her bed. And she knew that it was Yahshua. And that he sat on her bed. I don't remember if she said she felt his touch or not. Did you? No, but I just felt him sit on the bed and I could feel his presence. She said she just said she felt him sit on the bed and she felt his presence. Now, my wife's oxygen levels then, which we didn't know, was in the 80s and she was having... Uh, experiencing double pneumonia which we got her to the hospital and everything's fine but the thing was there are times that you just may feel him in the room or him sitting on your bed or on the couch i remember one time a brother said he was watching Laverne and Shirley, so this tells you when this was, back in the 80s. And he said the Messiah walked right into the room and began to talk to him. And began to minister to him. And he was just a young uh, boy, I don't remember how old he was, if he was a teenager yet or in his teens, but nonetheless, he had an experience where Yahshua just walked in the room and those are far and few between. 
But nonetheless, He promised that He would never leave us nor forsake us. Now usually, He does things like that because we need them. We need to know something or we need to understand something or we're hurting and He's just there as a loving shepherd to let us know everything's going to be all right. So, in Exodus 25, verse 8, he promised, I will dwell among them. So you need to write that down, underline it, put it in your phones, email it to yourself, so that you can go over this over and over, that when you go through rough times, you're not alone. That... Yahweh promised He would dwell amongst us. And part of the Feast of Sukkot is to look forward to the day that we will be with Him 24-7. And we're going to read it here in a minute. That when the new Jerusalem and new heaven and earth comes down on earth, we will be with him and dwell with him and he with us. Uh, one more ver- or two more verses. Zechariah chapter 2 verse 11. These are just a, a couple of scriptures that I've been focused on this Sukkot. And I would just encourage you that if you don't understand this, that part of the fulfillment that has not yet taken place with the Feast of Tabernacles is that when that's fulfilled, Yahweh and Yahshua are going to be dwelling with man physically on the earth. First off, it will take place in heaven. Then we will come to the earth. And Zechariah 2.11 says, I will dwell in the midst of them. And now, I would encourage you to read all of Zechariah. But I'm just, just for the topic's sake, we just need to see here that Yah promises that I will dwell in the midst of them. That's His promise to you. That He will dwell in the midst of you. First of all, by spirit. Because Yah is a spirit. And so... In the spiritual realm, He is already dwelling with us when we are born from above. But there's coming a day, it's going to be more than just by faith. By faith, you receive Him at His word that He will never leave you nor forsake you. By faith, you receive Him at His word that He promised, I will dwell in the midst of them. Okay, that's by faith. But there's coming a day 
that it's no longer going to need to be by faith. That He's going to physically be here and that's what we are expecting and looking forward to. Remember the prophetic word, what was, what is, and what will be. This is what will be. It also, in part, is what is. Now we understand that the Feast of Tabernacles or Sukkot is about remembering that the children of Israel live 40 years in temporary dwellings or in booths. Another interesting thing, and I did a full teaching on this called Yahshua's birth line, is that Yahshua, when you study it out, he was born on the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And on the last day of Tabernacles or Sukkot, he was circumcised according to the Torah. You can really study this out in Luke 1 and Luke 2. I remember um, maybe last year, the year before, I was watching something on Sukkot and it showed it, uh, Jerusalem, showed all these condos and apartments and houses that had all these temporary dwellings. Some of them was um, <clears throat> built by hand. Some of them were just different tents and they had all different colors of tents that were out on balconies, out on patios of condos, out in the backyard. And it was awesome to see. Now here in Florida, we are flooded with fire ants. So you do not want to camp <coughs> in a tent in Florida. Besides, if you go outside today, this is why I'm inside, it's, it still feels like 100 degrees and the humidity is through the charts. And so we have not been led by Yah's Spirit to put a tent or anything like that outside. Now one of these years, um, we're gonna, on our lanai, possibly put up something on two sides to leave one side open and the other side's the house. And we will do that but we haven't thought of how to do it. I'm not really gifted in that area, but somehow we'll figure it out. Um, but that's, that's the plan anyway. So it's, it was awesome to see how the whole city of Jerusalem had these tents out and everybody was dwelling in a tent, at least temporarily. Most of them just said they ate their meals in the tent. Now the other thing that is interesting when you research this, Yahshua wasn't born in a barn, like we think of a barn. He was born in a sukkah, in a sukkah, in a temporary dwelling, because they were all over Jerusalem during that feast. It wasn't December, it was during Sukkot, whenever Sukkot was that year in September, October-ish, it changes all the time. And he was born, what, what we call a manger is actually a something built for the people to put their food in. 
the trough that they put their food in and that's what Yahshua was built in. And it, it, was, it, it was all about enduring the Feast of Sukkot. So it's quite interesting that when you begin to read the scriptures through a Hebraic perspective and you are taught these things, you say, oh yeah, why didn't I ever see that before? And it isn't anything like how Christianity celebrates Christmas. It's, it was nothing like that. The wise men didn't get to the Messiah till he was two years old. Not when he was an infant. And so we need to go back to Yahweh's feast days, not paganism's or the world's feast days. You know, you can just be guaranteed this. If the world celebrates it, Yahweh's not involved in it. Think of Halloween, think of Christmas, think of New Year's, think of Easter, um, and other holidays. If the world celebrates it, you know Yah's not in it. And if it's Yah's festivals, the world doesn't participate. Christianity doesn't participate in them. Why? Because they're of a different system. They're not of the Hebraic family of Yahweh. They're of a pagan sun god system. All right. We'll finish here in Revelation 21. And it says, verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, <clears throat> for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and the sea no longer is. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from Elohim, having been prepared as a bride, having been adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven. I heard a great voice out of heaven. You know, I've heard some of the most silliest things by people that are not of Yahshua's fivefold ministry, the apostle, prophet, pastor, and teacher teach things, and one of them is that they do not want to go to heaven. They don't believe there is a heaven. And it's just so ridiculous because it says right here that the bride who is in heaven at this time having come down for her husband, and I heard, John heard, a great voice out of heaven. I heard a great voice out of heaven from Elohim, having been prepared as a bride, whoops, I, 
I, I went to the wrong verse. Verse 3. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of Yahweh is with men. The tabernacle, the dwelling of Yahweh is with men. It's no longer by faith. It's no longer just you feel his presence. There's going to be a physicalness of Yahweh being with men. And then he says, and he will tabernacle with them. He will dwell with them. That's what we get to look forward to. And all the stuff we go through in our life, we have this vision and this promise that we are going to tabernacle with Yahweh and Yahweh with us. And he will tabernacle with them and they will be his people. They who? They, they the bride. Who is the bride? Those that have received and accepted the betrothal or the contract or the covenant that the bridegroom offers the bride, meaning his laws and commandments, and you've accepted it, you've received it, you said yes to the marriage, that you will do what the bridegroom has stipulated that you need to do if you want to be his bride. That's the Galilean wedding. Great revelation in understanding that. And once you've received it, you then stay in your natural family's house and prepare for the day when the bridegroom because he goes back to the Father's house, heaven, and he builds on to the Father's house. That's what they did in the natural. He went back to, the, to his dad's house, and he built on to his dad's house a place for him and his bride, where Yahshua, in John 14, goes back to heaven, and he prepares a place for you and I, his bride. Where? In heaven. And so, because we've received him, accepted him, and obey his laws and commandments, we are part of his bride. And we will be his people. And then it says, and Yahweh himself. Hallelujah. Yahweh himself, underline that, highlight it, do whatever you need to do to keep remembering this. Yahweh himself will be with them as their Elohim. Yahweh himself, so at the end of the age, Yahweh himself will be with us. 
I have a good friend, Brother Hugh. He used to say when we worked together and, you know, fellowship together, we lived in the same city in Roswell, New Mexico. He used to have a saying. He says, brother, in the end, we win. That's all I need to know. In the end, we win. And we need to understand that. That when you go through things in the end, you're going to be with Yahweh and Yahshua. And He will be your Elohim. Now the other aspect of tabernacles is the day of Yahweh, when Yahweh comes back and releases judgment and destroys everything and everyone that is not of Him. That's the other aspect, but we're not going to get into that today. And then it says in verse 4, And He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no longer, nor mourning, nor wailing, nor will there be pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And the one sitting on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he says to me, write, because these words are faithful and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alif and the Tav, or the first and the last, the beginning and the ending. To the one thirsting, I will freely give of the fountain of the water of life. And, you know, you can keep reading it. It has a lot of good things to read. But what I wanted to point out and focus in on this Feast of Sukkot in 2023 is that Yahweh promises to tabernacle with us. So I am believing, and I have this understanding, that part of the reason he has had me focus in on this and then share it with all social media is, first of all, Yahweh wants you to keep his feasts. Secondly, he wants an increased presence of himself and his son and his spirit in your life. Now, sometimes things we do or things we don't do can hinder his presence from manifesting in our lives, in our services, in our sanctuaries and in our just daily routine. Things that are disobedient to his laws and commandments. 
things that you're not listening to when he has time and time again taught you or shared things with you or whatever. It could be something very small or it could be something very significant. So during this feast, we should examine ourselves to see if there are any things in our life that would hinder His presence from coming forth. The other thing that I believe He wants us to see outside of He wants to have a greater manifestation and presence in your life is that for you to understand that there's coming a day that he will dwell, he will tabernacle physically with you and you with him in heaven and then on the new earth during the millennial reign of Messiah and then after the Hasatan and his demons they're loosed and then they're sent to the to the fire chambers so to speak to the lake of fire where they will be tormented forever as well as all those that refuse to follow Yahweh's laws and commandments. They also will be thrown in the lake of fire and tormented day and night. Just as Yeshua gave the example in Luke 16. And so... We need to hold on to the promise of a greater presence this coming year. And so begin to believe and release your faith for a greater presence of Yahweh and Yahshua in your life this year. And also, allow them to purge out of you Anything that is keeping them from manifesting their greater presence. Are you disobeying His laws and commandments? Are you not keeping the Sabbath? Are you eating unclean foods? Are you overeating? Are you, you know, doing drugs recreationally? Smoking dope recreationally. Getting loaded recreationally. Doing things sexually you shouldn't be doing. Eating unclean foods. Fellowshipping with people in darkness. Listening to music that doesn't give him praise. This also makes me think of watching TV that you ought not be watching. 
So we all have things that may be hindering <clears throat> Yahweh's presence. Because He won't come and He won't negotiate. And so I pray this helps you hold on to the promise of Yahweh's greater presence that He wants to dwell with man. That's His purpose from the beginning. That Yeshua promised that He would never leave us nor forsake us. That He would be with us to the end of the age. And that there's coming a day and we look forward to the fulfillment of the Feast of Sukkot when we dwell with Yahweh and Yahweh dwells with us in the physical form. So Father, we just thank you for this feast. We pray that we keep it set apart to you. We thank you, Father, for what you are trying to communicate to us, understanding you are trying to give to us. Father, any way that we have failed, we ask you to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We ask you to empower us by your Spirit to be set apart and to turn away from the things of this world, to turn away from the pleasures of the flesh, to turn away from the pleasures of lawlessness, and to seek you, follow you, and obey you by the power of your name. And so, Father, we just praise you, we bless you, and we honor you. I pray that this has ministered to you, taught you something, inspired you in some way. Our hearts are only to bless you. Our hearts are only to communicate truth that Yah, by His Spirit, has imparted into my heart or downloaded into my heart. And Father, we just thank you for your grace. We thank you, Father, for the fivefold ministry of Yahshua, that they have been sent and equipped to build up your body and to teach them what thus saith Yahweh. So, Father, we, we honor them. We thank you for them. You know, we always have to remember there's an order of things. The Father is over the Son. The Son is over the shepherds, the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, evangelists, and teachers. The husbands are over the wives. The wives are over the children. And so there's an order in all things. We are not equipped and graced to be lone rangers or to have nothing to do with the body. We all need one another. So I encourage you, find a fellowship that you can fellowship with and come under their authority and come under their covering and come under the, their oversight so that that shepherd can impart into you Hallelujah. Yahweh's instructions. We all need them. We all need instructions and some of it comes by Yahweh's Spirit and by us learning, but I know a, a lot of things I have learned by listening to someone and that individual says a word or a sentence and from that revelation comes. Then Yahweh's Spirit takes that word and begins to amplify it. 
So I pray this was a blessing to you. Be encouraged, be strengthened, and have and walk in a greater manifestation of Yahweh's presence this next coming year. If you want to connect with us, you can connect with us on our website, YahwehYeshuaAssembly.com. If you want to connect with us on social media, Yahweh Yeshua Assembly has a Facebook page and a Facebook group, or you can connect with me, Mark Pulley. But until next time, Yahweh bless you. Yahweh make his face shine upon you. Yahweh give you great peace. Yahweh make a way for you where there seems to be no way. And may his presence, may his presence increase and abound in your life and in your family's life. And may you feel his touch. May you feel his love. May you feel his grace and mercy. May you also experience him teaching you and correcting you. May you grow in the fullness of Yahshua Messiah. Hallelujah. So until next time, shalom, shalom. Amen.